0: This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better.
1: Welcome back. To Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and their challenges. Today, we are very happy to be interviewing Nicole Posner. Nicole Posner is a leadership communication coach and trainer, supporting CEOs and senior managers to prevent and navigate difficult conversations through effective communication. Hello, Nicole. Thank you for coming in here with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Lovely to chat to you both. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to be in this space? Absolutely.
0: So I started my career many, many moons ago in the fairly toxic world of PR. And I'm going back full. 30 odd years ago, and um, which I loved, and it was a great place to be, but it was also quite a tough environment to work in. Um, a lot of bullying, a lot of things go- went on there that would never be accepted today within the workplace. And I spent the best part of five, six years there, learned an awful lot, just got married. And my husband said to me, uh-huh, either our marriage won't work or something's got to give here because i was working long hours i was working late nights weekends and so i decided to throw the towel in and set up my own writing business from using the skills i'd learned in pr did that for about ooh, i don't know how many years 15 16 years while well, my my boys were growing up i've got three boys and i got to a point where i just thought hmm, i need a, a little bit more went through, got divorced, went through all that and decided that there was something more for me. The writing was great. Decided to study psychology as a hobby for about six years, learned way too much about myself and thought, well, okay, I want to do something with this. I don't really know what, but I know that I'm really interested in people and what makes them tick. So I did an online counselling course, and one of the modules on that was mediation. And I thought, yes, this this works for me, because unlike a lot of counselling or therapies, they're long term. There's no definitive timeline or end to a lot of them. And I loved the fact that mediation was within a time frame. You have a day or two, however long it is. And I thought, great. Okay, so I trained to be a mediator. Which was taught from the psychology of conflict. So, this was also brilliant for me because it brought in the psychology skills. And then I thought, you know, I took myself back to my days working in PR and I thought, you know, I really, really resonated with all the stuff that went on for me there and thought, I wish in those days. We had such things as workplace mediators. They probably did exist, but I will call it something else or I don't know, but I never knew about it. And so I decided to train more spe- in specialize in workplace mediation, which is what I did and I loved it. Then what happened was I realized at the end of a lot of these mediations, there were people who we, we sorted out a lot of their issues, but they were kind of just left hanging And what do I do with all this stuff now? So I naturally started doing coaching from that and thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this properly, I need to qualify. So I trained to be an executive uh, communication and conflict coach, supporting the coaching. And so now I, in answer to your very first question, um, I mediate, I coach one-to-one and group coaching within businesses. I consult and I do training. That's my story, (laughs) and here I am.
2: (laughs) That's beautiful. And what I'm, what I'm loving hearing is how you picked up sort of what feels was the best in each every one of those facets of yours, and then came to a point where you managed to integrate them all, which you know quite frequently we hear from the clients we work with and the people we interview in the podcast that when you're changing a career or when you're starting a new path in a way they were feeling defeated because like, you know, where well, there's all that I've done before to go like, is that yeah. wasted? So what yeah. I'm loving is that actually sometimes, even if it feels that you're living behind, all that you do is bringing, bringing it back it, in a different bringing way. It with me. Exactly. Yeah. I'm loving exactly. that. Yeah. I'm very curious to hear, uh, you know, in all that journey, how come or how do you decide that working with leaders, how do you come up with, Okay, this is what I want to to go, taking that mediation, taking that, you know, difficult conversation. Why, Why the top level, so to speak?
0: Very, very good question. And I'll tell you why, because a lot of the mediations that I did, I realised that the problems started because the leaders didn't know how to manage conversations or intervene early on. And the reason for that was they were conflict avoidant, is that even a word? They avoided conflict, they had fear of confrontation, they never had time, they had no interest in it. But as sure as eggs are eggs, those issues could have been prevented if at leadership level management level they stepped in they had the skills the confidence whatever they the reason why they didn't but if they did those problems could have been dealt with quickly and that, that's that's where i realized there was this this opportunity because the amount of times i used to speak to hr and i used to say i mean i did mediations where and i'm no word of a lie what well, i did one last year two employees hadn't spoken for two years, two years. And I said to the HR lady who I was working with, why, you know, how how on earth has this been allowed to happen? And, you know, it was a fairly big organization and it was, well, the director of the department tried and, and, you know, they had a few conversations and, And we did mediation. I said, oh, really? You've had mediation before? Well, yes, you know, we put one in a room there and one in a room there. And, you know, we had a chat with each of them. I said, oh, okay. So uh, that's what they considered, you know, dealing with it. So it's just, you know, it struck me early on that that was, you know, a big gap that, you know, and there's uh, many reasons why, leaders don't you know management or or senior level they don't get involved.
1: I'm sure our listeners would be really interested to know how you actually start your work with the leaders because I can imagine it's quite tricky when you've got two completely different human beings who are already not feeling the love for each other how does that happen?
0: (laughs) Well uh, in in many guises, sometimes as a result of a mediation, it comes out. We have a post conversation, and they'll say, you know, how do you think we can improve the situation or, or rectify it? And and I gently introduce the concept of, you know, perhaps if this conversation had had been, you know, these issues had been managed sooner, you know, how how do leaders feel about that in that that situation, you know, would it be worth me having a chat with them about it? And usually from having that chat, they they kind of realize that actually, yes, I could have, I could have stepped in earlier, I could have, could have done that. And and their own communication style as well also brings up issues for them. Um, a lot of insecurities about, you know, when when they manage issues, for example, I've had complete opposite you've got uh, one uh, manager head of department who was a very sort of loud mouth australian with a big personality and and that came across as very intimidating so that management style caused one set of problems and then another manager who was a bit mousy and, and couldn't find their voice and that And, and, you know, people walked all over them and that created a whole other set of of issues. So it's about communication style and and being aware that your communication style can can bring up issues as well.
2: You know, I guess it's, it's a human trait whereby not only you need to be aware of your communication style or your communication in general, but the person you've got in front of you. And sometimes we we forget, don't we? Especially when, you know, you were just mentioning, Nicole, you can not have been talking to a colleague for a period of two years. So uh, what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of need to recognize and become aware in the first time, not just yourself, but the person that you've got in front of you. And then I guess the second tricky bit is to let go of that fear and that ego because i'm curious to hear if that's kind of like you know one of the recurring patterns that you see in in your mediations is is because certainly we see it with with our clients there's a lot of fear and ego that gets in the way on on our own own growth and development so i can absolutely imagine yeah i mean there's so many so many types of fear
0: that leaders go through, you know, as I said before, fear of confrontation, fear of losing control, fear of being judged, fear of looking silly in front of their teams, fear of, I mean, just endless. And it—it it is, you know, it, it's delving deep into that and, you know, opening that up for, you know, for exploration, if you like, but people have to be open to that and ready for that a lot of fear in some of those conversations for sure
1: yeah yeah what I'm hearing is that when you go into these businesses that you've got to spend time getting people to think about themselves first so that they very much know who they are we know we go into do empowerment courses in business and we realize that people are on autopilot they don't have any understanding of how their behavior might affect somebody else or how they're feeling or why they're feeling like that because it's not taught in schools so that conflict is going to come up if they've come with already these fears that they haven't already addressed so I can imagine it can get quite complicated sometimes
0: very complicated and as as you pointed out particularly if, if people don't have awareness which is you know the, the first step isn't it but I always say that however you mentioned Lucia before about ego ego for me is just a mask it, it is a mask for insecurities for uncertainty and I always say that the more of the ego they show, the more you you understand who they really are and what they're protecting or you know, or trying to hide behind behind the mask. But equally, I say behaviors are a window into our world and they show us so much. They they are just, I guess, the symptom of what, what's actually the presenting symptom of what they're feeling as well. So, you know, the, the bigger the ego, I always think, yeah, what's going on for you? You know, what, what's all this really about? So I like unpicking all that. That's what I find interesting.
1: I can see that curiosity. (laughs) Yes, I love, I'm a very curious
0: person, very curious. Yeah, yeah, so yeah.
2: It really is. And I think, you know, similarly, that's what we love doing in the work that we do as well is, you know, frequently they come to you and I'm guessing it might be the same in your case because they are facing one problem of what they thought it was a problem. But when you start Unpacking and peeling all those layers like the onion, right? Exactly. Then you start getting to the core, and it's like, right. So it was never about this person is not doing the part of the of the job. It's all about this other side here. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Completely right. It's never what what's presented. Or rarely, never say never, but rarely, rarely what's presented. You know, I I'm not one for any of these diagnostic tools so i i'm very much based on my work is based on values led you know people's in any high stakes conversation or anything that where people feel vulnerable there's always you know a value that's felt threatened or compromised or that they're defending and that's always where i start because i think that's the core of, of who we are and, and what what we believe about our world our world view is based on our own core values and perceptions
1: that's music to our ears because we feel exactly the same (laughs) values and strengths all the way (laughs) so what would you say have been the main things you've learned from running your own business because I think our listeners always like to hear about entrepreneurs I mean for me it's
0: learning that if you make mistakes that's okay as long as you learn and pick yourself up and take something from it and coming back into i'm not i'd I'd say the the corporate world loosely but from having been on my own working on my own writing being having a writing business for so many years on my own and then coming into what i call the big scary world of going into businesses you know asking questions and being curious for me felt very scary But I also realized that actually, if you don't ask the questions, you're never going to learn. So just, you know, putting, putting that fear to the side and think, well, if I need, I'm a great, great believer and I love growing and evolving. And I feel if I'm not, then I'm, you know, dying inside. So for me, it was always about pushing ahead, learning, finding new ways to work things out and not staying still moving forward also learning to say no that was a big thing for me because in the beginning I always I said yes to everything and I think as you know when you start a new journey path in your life you you, you know you want to do everything Um, and I realized that that was starting to become a little bit toxic for me Certainly, after the first couple of years where I was doing things that I didn't really want to do anymore, or i or I've moved on or evolved a little bit. Um, and learning to say no was was a big thing for me, and something that you know when you when you've said no and it feels good, that was the right decision. So always doing things that I felt that always excited me and and I felt good about doing, yeah.
2: Mm, And I think that's one big learning because always checking into what feels right to you. That's so very important because we see it time and time again, don't we? Like people come and say, you know, that's when burnout or the outburst or the anger, the anxiety come from. And most of the time, I mean, I'm saying it's nothing bad. It's, you know, it's a big one in itself, but it really is just not being connected to yourself at all is not having paid attention to what your body perhaps is saying what your gut is saying and we choose to forget or to, we choose not to hear and it, you know we say it time time again to the people we work with it's so very important to continue to open that conversation that inner conversation but i'm curious to hear nicole because I thought you mentioned something quite important, like, you know, when you used to do things on your own, in your own way for a long time, and then you open yourself up to that big scary world, as you call it. Uh, And, you know, to many of our listeners, that could be a very similar scenario, not just, you know, open up to the big scary world in the sense of I'm just changing the workplace, so to speak, but I have to open up to a difficult situation or, you know, a circumstance, do you have any tools, any techniques that you put to practice to sort of either build up to that moment and embrace it or the other way around when you come back home and you kind of decompress from that stressful day? I think just focusing on
0: really, what am I doing this for? You know, just making sure that you are always feeling aligned and always on the right path for me and there have been parts of this journey where I knew I needed to veer off track a little bit you know that was it's that time to to just check in with yourself is this the right thing for me now if not how am I going to change that what does that look like what do I need to do do I need help do I need support? And something important for me was having the courage to ask for help because that always felt like a very big vulnerable thing to do. Cause I was, you know, I can I've got this. I've got this. Well, actually, no, I haven't got this. And, you know, being able to to just reach out and and say, I need help. Like whatever it was in whatever area. I mean, my biggest biggest worst thing is tech
1: <laughs> you know, like join last- me <laughs> and,
0: Lucia
1: uh, is tech support <laughs> well you are very lucky to have a Lucia
0: but I mean uh, and, uh, and an interesting thing actually happened to me earlier this year I was doing um, just on the point of tech I was doing a, a workshop for um global company and I was doing it was part of a, a summit they had on and I was doing two workshops on different days and again I practiced I practiced I practiced I practiced and the first one went brilliantly you know no technical hitches it was all fine I was like yeah I've got this and then the second one I don't know what happened. I do not know what happened but i couldn't get my slides up i couldn't get the script i mean it was it was a potential disaster I, and you know i had these global heads worldwide all sitting there beady-eyed waiting and I, I sort of sat there saying i can't get my slides up i'm so sorry and i just thought right you have two options here you sink or you swim and i thought i'm not going down so <laughs> Uh-huh. You know I, I sort of excused myself. I quick, I was sort of you know messaged the organizer who was on on the big screen on the call said, right. My only suggestion is I'm gonna email you my slides, and someone will have to manually you know put put them up, share the screen, and I'll talk through them. And somehow, I thought, don't think about what an idiot you're making of yourself. You're here to give them this information. That is what kept me going. That was my focus. You know, I'm not here. Okay, so I'll make an idiot of myself, but they'll still get that information and they'll still get what they came for. And yes, and I I made a joke of it. I said, lucky you haven't hired me for my tech because you know <laughs> and that's that's how I got through it. And yes, it was a very scary thing. And yes, I had to reach out and it was a bit embarrassing, but you know what? They got what they came for and that and that was it. So
1: I can feel your pain because it actually happened to me this morning when we were oh. <laughs> about to do a workshop for a fintech business and I went to show my slides and they didn't come up. But luckily, <laughs> Lithia was on the other end and she had the pack of slides <laughs> and she managed to Brilliant. put them up for me because as Dang. soon as I clicked on them, they disappeared. So I, when you were saying that, I could feel my stomach. <laughs> yeah, that, that embodiment. <laughs>
2: uh, I think the... the- yeah, but the call was exactly the same, wasn't it? Because I think we were in that situation and I think we both thought the same. It was like, look, these slides need to go up. People are here to learn what we came to say. So a bit of IT mishaps is not going to damage. And, you know, what I'm here, which I think is a beautiful message for our listeners, is like, don't forget the finishing line. You're going to get hot, you know, a lot of challenges along the way. But if you keep on thinking of why you're doing what you're doing, then you find a way. And people will, what, I think what we've also found is that people will go on that journey with you. And it's, it's beautiful that you, you know, you made a joke of yourself and you managed to say like, look, hey, IT is not my forte. I'm here <laughs> to talk about something different. And people embrace it. So sometimes making a fool of yourselves actually helps getting people on board. Yeah, and Brett broke the
0: ice a bit. You know, they all laughed with me, maybe at me,
1: who knows, but we all laughed. So So. where do you get your inspiration from?
0: Oh, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I love Renee Brown. She's my hero, uh, heroine. Um, A lot of self-development Podcast, I love. There's a brilliant book I let I read earlier this year by Tara Moore called "Playing Big." I don't know if you've come across that. She's amazing. Yeah, always looking to read and and on my my daily walk, a good podcast. So yeah, that's my motivation and my inspiration.
1: I love it. And do you can—is there any like big challenges that you faced, and you can let our listeners kind of say how you got through?
0: I, I mean, I think, to be honest, that
1: the tech stuff
0: is probably yeah. my, you know, my my Achilles heel. Yeah. I am a work in progress. you know, I just, But I think, you know, my biggest challenges really, apart from joking about the tech, is learning to ask for help when I need it. You know, that's, as we said before, that's something that, you know, I, I struggled with for a while. And then when I did ask for help, I thought, oh, my God, that was so easy. You know, why didn't I do that? Weeks ago. I mean, so, what is it
1: about us women thinking that we have to have all yeah, the answers? Men this, I think yes. are better at actually at passing well, it on or asking for help. That's absolutely. why we need we need Brené Brown, don't we? With the power Me of too. vulnerability. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I love her. Love her. Love if her. anyone
1: doesn't know, she is on Netflix. You can listen you can watch her on Netflix. She's incredible for helping uh, those, you. Oh, those TED Court talks, they were just they they actually I have I have
0: a a book my my bullet journal which everything goes in and that quote that she you know the man in the arena quote i don't know you know that that is that's pasted to the front of my book so every time i feel like oh i can't do this or stuck whatever it's at the front of my book i think right that that's also one of my motivators yeah can you
1: give the quote to our listeners i'm sure they if i don't know brenny brown
0: okay so it's actually here my book So this was um, Theodore Roosevelt. He gave this speech in April 1910. And this was the beginning part. It's known as the man in the arena. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done that better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end triumphs of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's like... How are you going to try, you know, how can you complain of not having achieved something if you haven't even tried? At least try. Exactly. That's try. the minimum.
0: Absolutely agree with and, you. And
2: be proud of yourself for trying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I
0: couldn't agree with you more.
2: So. Beautiful, beautiful quote. Um, and I think it's a beautiful one to, you know, leave our audience with, I guess, you know, after hearing those empowering words, you know, we kind of want to ask you, how have you made your life better? How have you stood in the arena, I guess? (laughs) How have I stood in the arena? Well, for me, it's about focus,
0: knowing what I want to do, where I want to be, and knowing that along the way, there are going to be hurdles, there are going to be obstacles. You pick yourself up, you brush yourself down, and you, you move on to the next one. And if you're goal is big enough and you know you always have it in mind you'll get there but yeah I've been in the arena loads of (laughs) times
1: I can see you quite like being in the arena oh I can see the spark there (laughs) yeah
0: it's not always great when you're in there but yeah (laughs)
1: it's always good when you get out (laughs) yes exactly exactly
0: yeah you feel that aliveness
1: so where can people find you
0: I'm most prevalent on LinkedIn. So um, Nicole Posner, I think I'm just on there. Uh, my website is uh, np-mediation.london. I'm on Instagram as Nicole underscore Posner underscore London. And I'm on Facebook as well.
2: Beautiful, lovely ways to reach out. So you will make sure to add those as well on the show notes for anybody listening. listen. You don't need to stop your car if you're driving.
1: <laughs> um, we'll put that on the notes and it's just one click away for you all. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Nicole, for joining us today. You're our first mediator coach. So that's it. Uh, it was nice to hear all about it. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me
1: so needed in business as well, in my opinion, to help people face those difficult conversations. So keep up that amazing work. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so lovely to be
0: chatting to you both today.
1: And thank you so much for our listeners for joining us one more week. Thanks for showing us your love and appreciation. And please share the love. Share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and please subscribe. We look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, stay well, stay safe and stay inspired. Much love.